In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to save us, so that we might rejoice in knowing Him. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I've had the opportunity to travel around the world, really, and to go different places that a lot of other people haven't been. And one of the things that I get to do when I travel all over the place is that I get to sample food from all over the place. Things that, well, maybe don't necessarily always show up in your diet. Um, Over the years, I have eaten things like um, crocodile and raccoon and jackrabbit and, um, oh yeah, dog. Mm -hmm. Filipino delicacy. Mm. And the funny thing about it is that no matter where you go, no matter what culture you're in, It always seems that there's always, well, just one answer to a specific question that I always ask. There's always just one answer, no matter what culture you're in, no matter if it's kangaroo meat or whether it is squid in its own ink, if you ask the question, well, what does this taste like? People will say, well, it tastes like chicken. No matter what it is, dog, goat, crocodile, whatever, it's always chicken. And so you begin to wonder, well, why am I wasting my time eating all of these strange things if they all just taste like chicken? And you wonder sometimes how people could even think, this tastes like chicken. I said that I eat a lot of strange stuff out there. However, one of the things that I pretty much across the board refuse to eat is canned tuna. Because I think that it tastes gross. You, you don't have to think that, but I do. And I thought that one of the things that was just absolutely evil about the marketing for canned tuna is that at one point in time, I haven't looked at a can recently because I don't like the stuff, but at least at one point in time, they said, canned tuna, the chicken of the sea. That nastiness does not taste like chicken. It tastes like, yeah. But people will say it tastes like chicken. It has the texture of chicken. It's like chicken. And we all come up with sort of this answer of, well, it tastes like chicken, I think, in a lot of ways, because it's something comforting. Because it's something where, well, if I'm going to eat dog, I don't really want to think of it as dog. I want to think of it as chicken. And so if I bite into the dog and think that it's chicken, then maybe I won't be as repulsed by it. Of course, we're used to a lot of things that sort of taste the same. And that tends to give us sort of a a sense of comfort about those things. You know, if you walk into a McDonald's in Jakarta, a Big Mac is going to taste like a Big Mac. If you walk into a McDonald's here in Tallahassee, that Big Mac from Jakarta is going to taste a lot like your Big Mac here in Tallahassee. If you have a Budweiser 
in Florida is going to taste a lot like the Budweiser that you had when you were in Fargo. If you go to an Applebee's here, it's going to taste a lot like an Applebee's someplace else. There's sort of this sense of things being the same that gives us a little bit of comfort. We understand it. We know it. We, we've been there before. We understand the experience of this. But sometimes we want to venture out, and sometimes we want something that's a little bit different. Sometimes you don't want a quarter pounder with cheese. Sometimes you want to go to Five Guys and have that greasy slab of meat just slide down your gullet. And think to yourself, this is not McDonald's. Well, John the Baptist is asking Jesus who he is. He's asking him what kind of flavor he is. He's asking him what it tastes like to be somebody that's living in the time period of this Jesus, who he's been the forerunner of. And so, John, is he's in prison. It's actually a bunch of chapters later. Last week we were in Matthew 3, where we heard him out by the river Jordan, screaming, Repent! Well, now we're in chapter 11, and that got kind of tiring for some people to hear, and so they've locked him up and put him in prison, and pretty soon he's going to die. And so he knows what his trajectory is going to be like. He knows what he's heading to, so he sends a message to Jesus. And he says, Well, who are you? Are you the one that we're waiting for, or is there somebody else? Am I in prison just sort of in vain, or am I here in a moment where there is this unique Messiah? And Jesus sends a message of hope back to him. A message that should allow him to rejoice. A message that should allow him to, even while he's in prison, to give thanks, to praise. Jesus sends back, he says, the lame walk, the blind receive their sight. People that are dead are now no longer dead. The poor have had good news preached to them. This is a good time. And it's something different. It's something unlike you've ever seen before, John. This is a time when God is now with man. Emmanuel has come. This God with us is here. And he sends this to John so that John might rejoice. And then Jesus turns to the crowd and he says, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Was it a Big Mac? Was it something that was, well, pasteurized? Did you go out to see John the Baptist just to see another prophet in soft robes, a reed shaken by the wind? Or did you go out there to see somebody with substance, somebody who had something unique to say? And then 
he says, well, if you did, there's something even greater. And I'm it. You see, Jesus understands who he is. He understands John's message of proclaiming the coming Messiah. Jesus understands that he is that Messiah and that in his future is going to be a cross. A cross on which he will die so that our sins can be forgiven. A cross that will spell out for us the taste and the flavor of our salvation. And yet, today, sometimes we kind of wonder what salvation tastes like. I mean, if you hear what Jesus is saying, you might begin to question a little bit. He says that the lame walk that the blind have received their sight, that dead people are getting up out of their tombs. How often do you see that? Can you say that you don't know anybody who's lame? Can you say that you don't know any Christians who have bad eyesight? Can you say that you know anybody who has actually risen up out of a tomb? See, that's... The flavor that Jesus is promising us. But it's not the flavor that we're experiencing right now. And sometimes it's very hard to wait for that. We wonder, Lord, can't that be now? And we're left wondering, well, what's the flavor of our salvation today? Well, in just a little while we're going to experience that flavor. We're going to experience the flavor of His body in, with, and under bread. And His blood in, with, and under wine. We're going to experience the flavor of tasting His body and tasting His blood. We're going to experience the flavor of having our sins forgiven, which maybe doesn't taste like anything to you, but it sure is an experience. We're going to experience the flavor of community, of fellowship with one another, of realizing that I'm just as bad of a sinner as Blake is, and that I'm also as much of a saint as what Rachel is. We're going to experience the flavor and the taste of Scripture and all of those things that God has given to us. We're going to experience the flavor of all of these good gifts that God has given to us for us to ingest into ourselves and to realize their uniqueness and their subtleties and to rejoice in them. Amen.